off and running with episode 3 of the Barbados Horse Racing Podcast. I'm your host, Nicholas Small. We are coming off of probably one of the best weekends on the entire calendar year each year. That is the Breeders' Cup World Championship weekend, which was held at historic Keeneland Racecourse in Lexington, Kentucky. That was on Friday and Saturday. On Sunday was the Faze Tipton Night of the Stars sale where majority of your top end female race mares were sold. Starting on Monday has been the Keeneland November breeding stock sale. This weekend was huge and it, this week is continuing to be huge as the Keeneland sales continues this week. This has to be one of the the weekend that most people in the thoroughbred racing industry look forward to. Unfortunately, there were no Bajans in action at Keeneland this weekend. Sorry, in the World Championship, Safi Joseph did have two horses running on the undercard. However, sadly, they did not place up. Or they didn't run great. And I know he'll come bigger and stronger next year. The Beijing Jockeys abroad really didn't have the best of weeks. Over at Century Mile on their closing day which was Sunday. It was snowed out. So there was no action. So that's left Rico Walcott on top of the jockeys table. With 68 wins. Antonio Whitehall was third in the table. Second in terms of purse money. With 43 wins. And that end signifies the end of racing. Out in Alberta. Majority of the jockeys have seen to made a shift actually over to Woodbine. They've been an increased population. By riders from riders outside of the outside the normal Toronto riding colony. But over in, in in Toronto, it was a quiet weekend for Bajan jockeys. Only four wins between them. Patrick took three of those as he also had a double on Saturday. And Jason Jetley Hoyt had a winner on Thursday for trainer Harold Lottazor. Down below the border at Indiana Grand Racecourse, Rocco Bowen is sitting on the precipice of the milestone Thousandth, thousandth victory. North American victory that is. As he sits at 999 wins. He has four rides. On both Wednesdays and Thursdays card. And hopefully he can break in. I know on Twitter. He just got Twitter. And, and he's very superstitious. The the. The Indiana Grand PR man said, we're going to get you a new sign. And the simulcast host has said, they're not reminding anybody that he's on this precipice. They think it's a, it's a, it's a blight on him that, that Rocco cannot get this thing done. However, I wish him luck and he has eight rides over the next two days to hopefully get this thing done and get that thousandth victory behind him. Now back to action in Barbados as we gear up for day two 
of the Barbados Turf Club's third racing season. This is the Pinnacle Feeds Limited Midsummer Creole Classic Race Day. It features the Pinnacle Feeds Midsummer Creole Classic Grade 1 Barbados in honour of Mr. Venice Pappy Richards, SCM, a racing legend, the 13th of November, 1943, to the 30th of March, 2020. It's an exciting seven-race card with action kicking off at 1.30 from the 1,100-meter start. Unfortunately, there was an issue with the program, and I, I can't find the most up-to-date program as they had to redraw a couple of races. So I'm just going to focus mainly on race number six, which is the feature race. The Pinnacle Feeds Midsummer Creole Classic Grade 1 Barbados for West Indian Bread 3 Olds. It's an allotted weights race and goes over a distance of 1,800 meters with a purse associated of $50,000 plus subscriptions totaling $17,000. It's scheduled to run off as race number 4 at 4.20pm, most likely going to be later, but we'll see. Our oversubscribed field has entered with 15 horses taking entry, of course only 12 can run. And those horses waiting for a defection to get in are as in order. Horse number 10, Whispering Angel. Horse number 3. Take it easy. And horse number 15. Peter Quill. Victor Cheeseman so far has four entered. Three in the body. One sitting outside. As well as trainer Romel Perkins Lovell. Has three with one sitting outside. Let's go through the field and see who actually take an entry. Horse number one is Lady Bird. For Edward Walcott Jr. Number two, Conflict of Interest. Number three, which is a reserve, take it easy. Horse number four, Social Circle, a winner last time out. Horse number five, Oprah. Horse number six, Ollivander, the third place finisher from the Guineas. Horse number seven, Temple Dancer. Horse number eight, St. David's. Horse number nine, the winner of the Guineas and looking to continue his path. Along the Triple Crown is horse number 9, Deja Vu. Horse number 10, Reserve 1, Whispering Angel. Horse number 11, War Eagle. Horse number 12, Odyssey. 13, Ruth. 14, Edelweiss. And rounding out the field is Reserve 3, Peter Quill. This is a very interesting field. And to me it's actually very competitive. All but one of these horses have gone the 1,800 meters. So that's a big question mark. We, we don't know about the distance. The breeding suggests on most of them that they can handle the 1,800 meters. Now, there's an interesting horse in here that I don't think should be, out, should be running. I think he's going to take better's money and probably walk out the starting gate just like he did last time. And that's in eight, St. David's. His mother did it. And once she started doing it, she didn't stop. And I think she's it's passed on to him. And I don't think he's going to actually break. Unless they do some serious 
gate schooling work, which is possible. Again, I'm not in Barbados, so I can't see what's going on. But using my educated guess of the family history, this horse is going to continue to walk out the gates. And you can completely write this horse off in my books. Again, things can happen, but educated guess, family relationship, this horse is not going to actually start properly anytime soon. Now let's look at the trifecta from the guineas. That being Deja Vu, War Eagle and Ollivander. I am going to use these three horses in my trifecta. But I'm not going to use them as the trifecta that ran in the guineas just a couple weeks back. I think I'm going to use number six, Ollivander, as my top bet. This horse is a full brother to Sirius Black who is arguably one of the best Creoles of recent times. He's also a full brother to the Derby winner Voldemort who finished he finished second in his in his guineas run but was had a poor showing in the in the midsummer so hopefully that does that aspect of it doesn't pass on. But he followed, Ollivander has followed a very similar path to both of his brothers. They both won their maiden race on Gold Cup Day in that Western Bred 3 old maiden race. So I think, I hope that Ollie follows in his brother's footsteps and becomes the same champions that they have. So my top pick would be the sixth Ollivander. I'm going to use Deja Vu second. The grit that that horse showed fighting back from War Eagle, a much bigger competitor. Look at the sight. If you watch the replay, War Eagle towers over, over Deja Vu. Deja Vu's a much shorter horse than War Eagle is. But that horse really got his nose in front and he held off War Eagle's challenge. That horse showed tremendous grit and determination. He also has the pedigree to suggest that he should love the distance. Being by out of vanity of fear, who was a hard knocking, always in the frame in her triple crown bids. She was a really nice race mare. And Ashton Martin, the tango winner. The pedigree suggests that he should love this distance. And I'm going to use him second. There was some doubt going into the 70th Guineas with how he was working, but he seemed to turn that around. And I think he should give us a good showing here on Saturday. On my third line, I'm going to use a different horse, actually, than what I actually previously said. I, I'm going to use Social Circle. His, his win last race day was impressive I thought and, and it showed that he should kick on and he should want to go the distance I think this horse flourished with the time off granted it was a weaker field last time out but he's stepping up big time in competition but I think that confidence of the win coming off the win will propel social circle 
to to place up. I think he'll be in the top four. Def he should definitely be in the top four in my books. And on my fourth line, I'll use the second place horse, Warrigal. Before the extended coronavirus layoff, he was already coming off of a layoff from the first two-year-old race. He had injury and he tried to come back for the Michael Parvacino, but had to be scratched out of that. So he's been injury prone. And it's it's tough for me to say this horse is going to be ready to go nine for long. So he showed that he was ready to go seven, but that was, that was, he's, he's now being asked to come back and he hasn't done that. It's off a shorter break than they would normally get if we were running it in a normal year, but we're not. We're in a COVID year. It's a much shorter run and I don't know how great Warrigal one came out of the run and two how much work he's been able to put in going towards the Midsummer Creole Classic. Hence I'm gonna use him fourth. An honorable honorable mention I think would have to go to Odyssey. And yet you're saying Nick, why? This horse ran seventh in his last start and he and he been off the board is running last three runs have been seven five seven well this horse has actually gone the nine for longs already and he's been a he was an immature horse i'll give him that when i saw him as a two-year-old he was an immature horse but he was always in the frame with the two with two-year-olds going seven so i don't see why he shouldn't like this distance. He's bred to like the distance. I think Busher can get them ready. His showing in the Guineas last time out was not great. I'll give you that. It was not fantastic. It wasn't flashy. Yeah. But I think he can turn it around. So I'm going to use him in the bottom end of my Superfecta. In the 3 and the 4th position. Because I think we could see a big run come from this horse. Another interesting race would be the last race. So I'm assuming that they're going to put a double on to the card. I don't see why they shouldn't put a daily double for the last two races. But we don't know. But I'll handicap the last card because it's an interesting race. That's the Pinnacle Feeds Locomo Trophy Handicap. It goes over a distance of 1,100 meters. For three-year-olds and older, rated 75 to 55. This is also open to three-year-olds and older who are rated 54 and below. It's an oversubscribed field again. So a full field of 12 as well as four reserves. Now, there's a horse that I really think has a good chance in here. And that's number three. Too much bling. He's coming off of a fifth place finish in the Sandy Lace uh, Sprint. And I've... This horse is a great handicap horse. Okay. To run fifth in that race with even weights to Masaru and all of them was impressive. And I think... This horse, given the 
I'll say penny stat because it's it's it was 133 that he had in the in the spa. He now gets 125 here, and he's not even the top weight. So, I think, and he draws the rail. He has a lot of speed. He has that. He once he breaks and he can get to front, he should be gone. So I think too much bling, breaks on top, gets to the front, and there's no looking back. On my second line, I'm going to use the 11. Show the money. He's coming off a win. Very, uh, sus not suspicious win, uh, Nick. It's, uh, he's coming off a, a very hard fought win. And if he equaled the track record or came very close to equaling the track record at five Falance flat. He had trouble in that race. It wasn't the cleanest of trips there. But he still was able to get it done. He barely hung on, but he still got it done. I think that race showed us what he potentially has and it he should be able to build from that race. Hence, I'm going to use him. I'm going to use the 11. Show the money on my second line. On my third line, I'm going to use the 8, Charles Frederick. He's disadvantaged by the post position. He has a, he has four speed horses, five speed horses on his inside. It's going to be tough. He's a horse that you can't really move on him. And you can only hit him a certain way and... and if you ask him from too far out, he'll spit the bit at his pump house. So I'm going to use him third because I think he'll still be able to hang on for the minor placings. And on my fourth line, it's a toss up between the five Maria Rohr as well as the six Jericho. They're both coming out of very different races. Jericho was coming out of a race on the undercard of the Gold Cup day. And Marie came was coming out of... She came out of the spa, didn't she? So, Jericho's handicapped to do well here. At £121, he should be a force to be reckoned with. The only question I have is... He's shown that he's had some problems in the gates. He doesn't like to load and he, he, he can expel a lot of energy trying to be loaded into the gates. So that's a worrying fact for me. Hence I'm going to use him below. He also can't get to the front and he'll have to come from behind. Which is another thing. Tied with him was Maria Rohr. £124 now. She's always been a classy sprinter. And I think the layoff... Should do her well. She's a nice filly. Four year olds now. Four year olds are you now. I think we'll have. An interesting. She'll put in an interesting race. All of these races. Are extremely competitive. They're, it's hard to nail down. A single winner for me. If I'm playing a multi leg raider. I don't think there's a single race. Where I can say there's a definite single. I might think about maybe singling 
in race number three, Singling Shotta. But there's some horses to his outside that are, are... They haven't been tested at 1570 yet, but have shown potential. I think Shotta probably has to be my closest horse to be a single. Other than that, it's a it's a very difficult difficult day to handicap and quite frankly I'm just looking forward to seeing racing back at the garrison and get back into the groove of seeing how these horses perform on the race day. So that's it for my analysis of this race day. I wanted to do more races however the entries which I got were they had some errors on them and I, I didn't want to be Sp spilling false information so I decided to to give it a pass here again this podcast is coming extremely late I was expecting to have it done last week but there were some school work came up that I wasn't expecting as well as handicapping the Breeders Cup and I had an assignment that I had to be doing in a couple of exams so it was it was tight for me so hopefully I will have the next episode of the Barbados Horse Racing Podcast up between Monday and Tuesday next week where we'll recap what happened on Saturday, give you any major news that came out of it, as well as give you an update on the Barbadian Riders, as well as seeing if Rocco Bowen had secured his 1,000th North American win. So I hope to see, hope you join me then next week. On the Barbados Horse Racing Podcast, I'm your host, Nicholas Small.